It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to the Indy Fuel's Under the Hood podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. On this edition of the podcast, we'll bring you the co-captains of the Indy Fuel, Cliff Watson and Keone Teixeira. Cliff and Keone were named to the captaincy right before Thanksgiving. This will be Cliff Watson's second year as the Fuel's captain and Keone Teixeira's first. And they will share the captaincy. Cliff wears the C during home games. Keone the C during away games, as well as when Cliff Watson is called up to the American Hockey League, as he currently is as we record this. And also Seamus Malone and Brent Gates, the alternate captains for the Fuel. They will be the leadership team for the Fuel this season. We'll hear from them later on in the show. As we record this, the Indy Fuel are in the midst of a three-game point streak as they won back-to-back games on Wednesday, December 1st against the Fort Wayne Comets, beating them 4-1. to And then they knocked off the Cincinnati Cyclones on Saturday night, 4 to nothing, with Mitch Gillum earning his second shutout of the season, both of which have come at Cincinnati against the Cyclones. The Fuel then rallied late on Sunday to tie the Wheeling Nailers before falling in overtime. So, Indy, moving up in the Central Division standings, kind of had a little bit of a rough start early in the year, especially an 0-4-1 road trip. But since then, the Fuel have played some really good hockey, and it's starting to turn into some victories and some standings points for the Fuel. And we hope that continues as Indy continues a two-game road trip this coming weekend, Friday, December 10th in Cincinnati, and then Sunday afternoon, December 12th in Kalamazoo, before the Fuel return home on the 17th and 18th of December. And those will be two pretty special nights on the 17th. It'll be one of our wintertainment nights as the Cincinnati Cyclones visit for the second time this year. And that will also be an all-you-can-eat night. The first 1,500 fans receive a Nitro Snow Globe. And then on Saturday, December 18th, it's Teddy Bear Toss Night, always one of the great nights of the season. Our final night of wintertainment as well. And so bring your fuzzy friends, throw them on the ice when the Fuel score their first goal against the Kalamazoo Wings on Saturday, December 18th for Teddy Bear Toss Night. As we mentioned, the Fuel have won two out of their last three. They have points in three consecutive games. Things started on Wednesday, December 1st, when the Fort Wayne Comets came to visit the Indiana Farmers Coliseum and... The two teams had split two meetings before. They actually had played the previous Saturday when Fort Wayne won a 3-2 decision. The Fuel looking to bounce back and take the lead in the season series, and they did exactly that as they put together a really solid defensive effort and offensively found the back of the net four times, starting with Cedric Lacroix, who had two goals on the night, starting with this goal in the first period coming on the power play. The fuel penalty is over to Cameron. King is also out of the box, and now we're five on four for another minute 15. Lacroix, left circle, he scores! The fuel off the rush feeds Cedric Lacroix at the inside of the left wing circle, and he beats Patera cleanly on the glove side. A power play goal for Cedric Lacroix, and the fuel lead at one to nothing. Goaltender Kill Morris had the assist, his first professional point on that goal as well. Chad Yetman made it two to nothing midway through the second period 
on this play, taking a feed from Riley McKay. Here's Conjure, feeds it across at a back diagonal pass. Doesn't find its intended target, looking for Petrozelli. Two on one, developing for the fuel. McKay sends it across for a one-timer to goal! The fuel lead it two to nothing as Chad Yetman comes right down the middle, takes the feed from Riley McKay, and hammers it. Past Patera on the blocker side. And the Fuel lead it 2 to nothing as Chad Yetman scores his first goal in nine games. That was Yetman's fifth goal of the season. He has had a really solid start and shortly after that game earned a call-up to the American Hockey League's Rockford Icehogs, one of three Fuel players who would be called up to Rockford last week. Shortly thereafter, Kale Morris and Cliff Watson would join him. After the Comets cut the lead to 2-1, to one, Spencer Watson tallied a milestone goal, giving the Fuel a 3-1 to one lead. Sends it out to center, hops over Spencer Watson's stick. Mike Lee comes over to get it to his own line, chops it to the Fort Wayne line to Thomas. He drops it to the trailer. Spencer Watson into the slot. Fire score! Spencer Watson hits a milestone as he rifles it into the top shelf. It's professional goal number 100 for Spencer Watson and the Fuel lead at 3-1. to one. A Beautiful play off the rush by the Fuel. As Thomas and Gates brought it in and Watson was trailing the play right down the slot. Up the boards and the first forward drives the middle, clears up the space and then Watson with a catch and release from the high slot just wired it under the bar and the fuel lead 3-1. to one. Meanwhile, Kill Morris was fantastic in net, making 29 saves, including a couple of highlight reel stops. Comets win it cleanly. McIver with it right point. Wrists one. Deflected on goal. So he made a rebound. Morris got that one too as he absolutely robbed Alvaro on the first shot. And then Murphy coming down the slot on the second. Those are the highlights of the Fuel's 4-1 to victory last Wednesday over the Fort Wayne Comets. Saturday night, the winning continued with a 4 to nothing victory over Cincinnati as Mitch Gillum stopped 36 shots, including 18 in the first period, for his second shutout of the year, both of which have come against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Jared Thomas had a pair of goals for the Fuel, including a power play goal. Liam Folks and Seamus Malone also scored goals. Brent Gates and Mike Lee had a pair of assists each. Then on Sunday, the Fuel went to Wheeling. Cedric Lacroix gave the Fuel an early lead, but Wheeling tied the game up less than a minute later in the first period on the power play. And then, with the Fuel trailing 2-1 to one, late in the third with a minute 38 to go, Lacroix struck again for his fourth goal in three games giving the Fuel a 2-2 two to two tie and a crucial standings point. Wheeling would eventually win the game in overtime, but the Fuel with points in three consecutive games and points in the first two games of this four-game road trip. You look at who's hot for the Fuel right now. Cedric Lacroix, as we mentioned, has four goals in his last three games. And also, Jared Thomas has had himself a tremendous run here of late. He is on a seven-game point streak with three goals and six assists 
in those seven games. Also, Keegan Iverson picked up his first point in a fuel uniform on Saturday. Kale Morris picked up his with an assist on Wednesday. Mike Lee right now leads ECHL defenseman in assists with 13 and with 16 points is second among ECHL defensemen. And Jacob Laguerrier also has a two-game point streak going as does Liam Folks. Brent Gates has five assists in his last four games as well. So the Fuel continuing to get some guys going, and that's going to be key as they continue to develop that scoring depth and getting all three lines going. And, of course, they're getting a lot of contributions from the back end as well. And you've also got a goaltending tandem right now. We're really a goaltending trio with Cale Morris, who's currently in the American Hockey League, as well as Tom Aubron and Mitch Gillum, who have been solid. And Kale Morris right now has a shutout. Aubron uh, has been playing well as he had a solid outing on Sunday in Wheeling. As in that contest, he made 29 saves in that overtime loss. And then Mitch Gillum has a pair of shutouts as well on the year. So you're getting what you want from the back end and um, getting some nice depth as well for this fuel squad. It's time to meet our guests and our guests are the captains of the Indy fuel. Our first cliff Watson. He is returning for his second season as the captain. One of the two captains of the Indy fuel earlier this year, he earned an American hockey league contract with the Rockford ice hogs and has spent a couple of stints in Rockford after going up and down between the fuel and Rockford a lot last season on a few professional tryout offers in the American Hockey League and looks to cement himself up there, but also continue to be a veteran presence for this Indy Fuel team and a very well-respected leader. So here is our conversation with a co-captain of the Indy Fuel, Cliff Watson. Cliff, first of all, congratulations on again being named one of the captains of this team. What does it mean to you to be viewed by your coaches and teammates as a leader and how much of an honor is it for you to wear the C? Yeah, it means a ton. And, and like you said, it's, it's a big honor because, you know, it's, it's your peers and, and your coaches who kind of put you in that position. And, um, it's a big honor, you know, to kind of wear that and, and it'll help you a leader. And, and luckily, uh, there's lots of leaders on this, on this team again this year, just like there was last year. So, you know, it makes that job a little bit easier and, um, you know, we kind of feed off of each other and we have a great group of guys this year. So I think that helps out a lot. That seems to be a theme with this team is a great group of guys. You've been here now two and a half seasons. And what is kind of the character of this team versus the team you had last year? You've got a lot of guys that are back, uh, but some new faces as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, we have a lot of guys that we got back from last year and, and I think that helps with the core, you know, how, how Dougie wants things kind of ran around the rink and out and off the ice. I think that helps a lot. That's why we have that, that big leadership, but, um, big leadership group, like you said. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of the feel this year is, you know, we have a little bit more of a, maybe a muck and grind style team where we, you know, have to work a little bit harder in certain situations. Uh, but at the same time, we have, you know, a good group of skilled players too that can bury pucks and, uh, you know, it just kind of feed off of that. Um, you know, it's been fun so far. Obviously, we got to start putting together a few more wins here before December and, and then we'll go from there. Uh, you mentioned guys who can bury pucks. You had four goals in three games last week. Uh, uh, describe what that was like, uh, being able to contribute in in the offense and uh, and find the back of the net. Yeah, I've definitely been fortunate 
times uh, as of recent. And, uh, you know, I think it's just uh, I'm on the ice with. I mean, you guys put me in the right spot. And it was just basically getting the puck at the right time and, and kind of putting something on net. Um, you know, we've had a lot of guys that are willing to get to the front, and I think that's been kind of a, a big thing for us so far this year in our offenses. These guys are willing to go to the dirty areas, get to the front, and obviously I was fortunate enough to kind of get a few bounces there, and, you know, it feels good and, you know, definitely helps the confidence. Well, you mentioned that guys getting to the front, guys winning pucks, and as a defenseman, when that happens, that really helps you guys drive the offense as well from the back end because you can throw it at the net, and, and there are guys there to get deflections and rebounds, right? Definitely, yeah, definitely. It, it definitely gives the, the decor some confidence knowing that if we're going to put a puck down low, it's, you know, usually – you know, there's a group of guys down there that are going to win a battle for you and, and hopefully uh, get something in the net. Well, you mentioned uh, kind of some of the things that you've been able to do, but in the last year as well, you've earned an American Hockey League contract. I know you've had several stints in the AHL before, but what did it mean to you to earn that trust from Rockford to be able to uh, to earn the American Hockey League contract and and get a lot of AHL time both last year and a little bit this year as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of a slow process after I got called up last year and they kind of, you know, started seeing me as a player and watching me here in Indy. And, and I think they got kind of comfortable having me as a guy that could, can go up there and, and jump in the lineup and, you know, play a, play a consistent role for them. Um, you know, their feedback's been good for me and um, they've been helping me out a lot, you know, with this up and down kind of thing. But it's been nice whenever I've gotten to go up, I get to play. And, and then, you know, when, when there's time that there's some guys down from, from Chicago, you know, I'll, I'll you know, get to come back here and, help contribute with the group of guys here. What have you learned from your stints in the American Hockey League and specifically here with Rockford? You can, you know, you can always take uh, take a lot of things away and, and usually I try to learn something every time, but, um, you know, it's just, just the style of play, the, the pace the pace up there is pretty quick and, um, you know, you, you can kind of try to bring that down here and, you know, maybe help some of the younger guys out if they have any questions and, um yeah, just things like that. Well, you got some younger guys on your decor. You've got Jacob Laguerre, who just turned 21 this week. And how much can you serve as a mentor for for some of those guys that are just coming in and learning the ropes of, of pro hockey? Yeah, I mean, it, now it's my fifth year, and I think you know I have some knowledge to give, and and I'm not gonna you know you know go out and, and try to give them too much information. And, and if they want anything from me, they they know that um, I'm a guy that can be there and, and help them out with anything they need. So I think you know. That's part of maybe being an older guy and kind of a leader on the team is is that those guys are comfortable coming and talking to me and um, it's kind of been a good dynamic so far like that. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, as a hockey player, you're often on the road uh, during Thanksgiving and yesterday or Thursday you came back and had Thanksgiving here with the team. What is the most unique uh, Thanksgiving story or dinner you've had, most unique place you've maybe had to enjoy Thanksgiving during your hockey career? Yeah, like you said, you're usually on the road, you're usually playing, and, and so whenever the guys get the opportunity to get together, you know, Dougie set it up for us where we can, you know, all get together this time and, and be at home. And uh, I don't really have too many interesting Thanksgiving stories with the team, but I will say uh, we were fortunate enough to get together yesterday as, as a group, and it was kind of fun. Everyone uh, brought a dish to the party, and, and we kind of hung out, watched football, and um, it's just a nice way to wind down, relax, and, and get to hang out with the guys. I know you're a native of Wisconsin, and uh, it seems like you and CJ Ike have been following each other around. How nice has it been to be reunited with him? I know you played together at Michigan Tech. You've played together uh, in Kansas City and before that in Utah. How nice is it uh, to be together again with another veteran who's uh, who's been around the league? 
it's great. You know, we, we spend our summers together working in, in the off season and, um, it's just kind of been like that where we've been just finding each other all around. We've gotten traded a few times back and forth and, and, uh, it's just always kind of worked out where we've, we've played on the same team together. So it's, uh, it's nice, you know, being able to, to be with him and, you know, obviously we know each other really well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good camaraderie thing for us. And I think, uh, you know, the guys kind of, um, hang out with us and, and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. We're, we're, we've been together a lot lately and, you know, I'm almost a little bit sick of them sometimes, but it's been, uh, it's, it's been a good time. And, and I know, uh, we're, we're fortunate to be together here in Indy too. I know family's really important to you. How nice was it to have your family in town last weekend as you, uh, as you had a big week with a couple of goals? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, a lot of times, you know, now that I'm getting older, you don't get to see your family too much. And, and I have a lot of, uh, you know, siblings. So, so they're, my parents have their hands full, you know, going to see them too so it's it's nice when they can come into town and and watch you play and and it was uh also special to to have cj's parents in town too so it was nice to kind of get that group back together from wisconsin and and hang out and go grab some dinner well you look back at your career who was your favorite player growing up was there anybody you really tried to model your game after you know when i was younger i've I've always seen we didn't have a team in wisconsin so i'd always try to you know follow Minnesota and Chicago, but one individual player that I always kind of enjoyed watching growing up was uh, Suter or Chris Pronger, guys like that. They just played like a, a very simple, smart game as a defenseman, and I was watching them, and so I'd follow around Chris Pronger when he played in uh, Anaheim and places like that. So, I, you know, I was a fan of whatever team those guys were on at the time, but um, yeah, those two guys are probably, you know, the guys I try to bottle my game after the most. I say watching Chris Pronger in person in his prime was it was really fun because you could just see how he basically just cut the ice in half. He was uh, and and controlled the game, which was really, really fascinating to watch. What uh, going back in your career, what's been your favorite road arena or road city to to visit? I think uh, hands down for me and I, I'm sure you, you probably hear from other guys, too, but. Anytime we got to go to Idaho, Boise was, was always a great spot to go on the road. Um, you know, you're kind of in the mountains there and, and it's a great little city, little college town and the rink was fun. The atmosphere was always great and, uh, they always had some good, uh, restaurants to go to for, for pregame too. So I think, uh, that's probably one of my favorites. Well, what's a favorite memory you have from your hockey career? Favorite memory for me would probably be back in college. I mean, we, we had some good teams there and I think uh, the year that, that we won the WCHA when I was a junior um, and a senior was, was probably the most fun for me and, and memorable. I'm saying because you take that and you have the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament, you know, how special is that to, to represent your school and have the opportunity to play uh, in the NCAAs when so few teams get the, get the chance to do that. Yeah, it's definitely special. And like you just said there, it's, there's not many teams that get to make it. So, and it's tough. It's a one game elimination game. So it's, it's very exciting. Every, every play, every shift matters. And, um, it's just a fun, fun time to play hockey. And, um, obviously you try to cherish it as much as you can when you're there because, you know, it's, it's a short time. But, um, yeah, definitely that was probably the most fun for me getting to play in, in the tournament. And obviously CJ was there too. And I'm sure he'd tell you the same thing, but it's always a pretty exciting time to play hockey. Who's the best player you've ever played with? Oh, that's a tough question. I've played with a lot of really good players, but I'd have to give uh, Tanner Carroll a shout out because you know he was—he's still in the NHL right now, and he was—he was a guy I kind of looked up to when I went to school. He's—he's he's one of those guys that did everything right on and off the ice, and uh, I'd say consistently he had to be one of the better players I got to play with. That's Cliff Watson, the co-captain of the Indy Fuel. 
former Kelly Cup champion, and he's found a home here after starting his career in Utah and then later playing for Kansas City. Keone Takshera has also found a home. He played his rookie season with the Wichita Thunder and then was signed by the Indy Fuel and head coach Doug Christensen's first year in the summer of 2019. This is his third year with the Fuel. And like Cliff Watson, he's been around quite a while and because of that can really work with the younger players, show them what it's like to play in Indy, show them what Doug Christensen wants, and as a result, be a sounding board for a lot of the younger players and a great guy, a native of California and has really been a mainstay on the blue line came into Indy as one of the elite offensive defensemen of puck movers in the league. He remains that, but he's really become one of the elite total package defensemen in the ECHL as well. Here's our conversation with the co-captain of the Indy Fuel, Keone Teixeira. What does it mean to you to be able to wear a C on your uniform and represent your team? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really big honor and I think that I can, you know, help lead this team throughout the season and, you know, it's going to be nice to be able to do it with Cliff, uh, who was the captain last year too. So, um, I think together we can set a good leadership role for the team and uh, help the team out in that way. Describe how you and Cliff can kind of work together, as well as the other two uh, guys wearing the letters and uh, Seamus Malone and Brent Gates, and how you really work together as a leadership team to to work with the younger guys and, and lead in the locker room. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a pretty young team this year, too, and you know to be able to have a couple guys who have been around the league for a while to be able to chat and communicate with them and see how the guys are feeling in the locker room and on the ice, it's uh it's good to be able to communicate and then execute that in the locker room and on the ice. It's your third year here in Indy, your fourth year in the league. And how important is it to have that veteran ability and kind of knowing what it's like to have been through and also be able to communicate what Doug wants because you know what he's looking for having been with him for as long as you have? Yeah, I mean, it's been, um, you know, like you said, I had four years in this league, so it's been Nice for me for to be able to you know be on different teams. I played in Wichita my first year too, so I got to you know have an experience there and learn um, from that season. We didn't really have a good team moving into you know playing for Doug, who's a really good coach, and um, playing here for the last three years under him, and um, you know getting to know the league a little bit better. It's been uh, it's been nice to be able to translate what I learned to the younger guys who are coming in. How has your game gotten more well rounded and, and grown in the four years you've been a professional? I mean, I think it's grown a lot. Doug and, um, you know, our assistant coach Andy Contoys and now Duncan Dalmo, um, are very detailed guys and they've been able to pick apart my game and, you know, see the areas where I can improve on and get better and, uh, areas where I continue, can continue to do well on. And, uh, it's been a huge help to me in the past four years. Do you now take some of the things you've learned and serve as a mentor to some of the younger defensemen on the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, coming in, um, you know, you want to impress the, the coaching staff and, you know, the, the team as well and, you know, have a chance to get called up. So sometimes you're do, trying to do a lot and, you know, when you get young guys coming in, it's nice to make them feel comfortable and let them know they can play their game and, they're, and you know, play to what they're good at and um, execute that on the ice and be comfortable around the guys and confident in their abilities. So I think that's uh, probably the biggest message I can hand down to them. You look at this team, you've got a lot of guys back from last year, but as you mentioned, a very young team as well. What's the character of this team? What do you like about this team so far? I mean, so far we have a pretty cl- pretty close group of guys, and um, you know we've been going through a tough stretch right now, but we're you know starting to play really good hockey in the last you know five games or so and being able to put together some quality things that we've been working on on the ice and being able to execute that and 
to have these young guys come in and they're so talented and they work hard and they're always, you know, ready to learn and try to get better. So um, the core group of this team has, has been uh, really strong throughout the beginning of the season. I think we have a lot more to, to learn. And uh, we're heading in this r- the right direction for sure. You had a lot of success together last year, especially the start of the year. Had a great uh, start, had a great finish as well, getting into the playoffs. And was there just a little sense of some unfinished business from last year that you guys are carrying over and trying to carry over to this season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought that uh, it, it obviously didn't end the way that we wanted to. I thought we had a really strong group last year and a really good group of gra- guys that can make it all the way. And I think we all had a sour taste in our mouth uh, losing in the first round, and that's something we're definitely pursuing and want to get back there and you know try to make it all the way this year. The wins haven't come maybe as frequently as you've liked so far, but you've been playing good hockey. How do you kind of translate that, especially to some of the younger guys, to say, hey, we just keep doing what we're doing because it's eventually going to result in the results that you want? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in, uh, in a long season, every team's going to go through that uh, tough patch in their season, rather it's the beginning or end. But I think uh, going through this right now, early on, and being able to figure out how to win and work together and focus on the things that we are doing well and then also sharpen up on the things that we could be better at that uh, are maybe costing us some games. So I think if we uh, you know sharpen up on those little details and um, get better all around the ice, um, we're going to have a really good group of guys, and I think we're going to start pulling some wins together here. You had a really short off season, uh, finishing up in early June and then back on the ice in October. What did you do in the off season? Yeah, I mean, I went home and uh, I spent some quality time with some family, went on a vacation, and uh, then it was pretty much back to work. And I was able to, you know, go to Oregon where I played junior hockey and train there and to be able to skate there. And I got on the ice with the Winterhawks there as well. So it got me in shape and ready for this season. You tend to split your summers between California and Oregon then? Yeah, I usually try to spend um, the first you know month or so at home just to see my family, and then my fiance lives in in Portland, so we'll go up there and spend majority of the rest of the summer with them. You are a native of Southern California, Fontana, California. How did you get into hockey, and what was it like growing up playing essentially in a non traditional market? Yeah, I mean, growing up in California, hockey was definitely not big at the time. Um, I was very fortunate to have our uh, neighbors across the street, um, they were from Toronto, and they were always playing roller hockey out in the street, and I was uh, super intrigued, and um, my neighbor and my dad ended up joining the you know roller hockey team, just like an adult league, um, by our house, and that was when Gretzky came over to the Kings, so he opened up a roller hockey rink over there to try to get the youth into it, and um, eventually I started playing roller hockey and kind of took off from there. A lot of the players from Southern California, you all started playing roller hockey. And how was that able to translate over to playing on ice? I think it's a really good first step into getting uh, into playing ice hockey. Um, like I said, that's how I started off and played um, two years. And one of our buddies was like, hey, you should try out for ice hockey. So, you know, we came over there and tried it out and I ended up loving it. Um, and I played both on and off for for a long time, but um, I, you know, roller hockey was super enjoyable and, um, it's, it's really fun, especially in California. The weather's always nice. So you're outside, uh, playing out some of the outdoor rinks and then you're inside and some of the inline rinks as well. So it was, it was a great uh, experience for me growing up. You mentioned Wayne Gretzky. What kind of an impact did he have in Southern California in helping really grow the game for players like you and Colin Delia and the many other players from Southern California that have come in his wake? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, obviously, uh, he's one of the best players of all time. And, uh, you know, everyone knew that regardless if they liked hockey or not. So from him coming to California, it drew a lot of attention to the, the sport itself. And 
I think that definitely helped impact uh, the hockey community in California and spiked a lot of people's interest to get out and start trying it. So, I mean, it was a blessing that he came to California and uh, was able to, you know, spike the interest of all the young youth. Who was your favorite player growing up? Was there anybody you tried to model your game after? Yeah, I liked watching Drew Doughty a lot. Um, I loved the way he played and how offensive he was. And um, I liked watching Timu Solani. Um, he, he was always around the rink. He has kids are my age, too. So um, I always saw him around the rink, and he was a really nice guy and um, super easy to talk to and always take time out to talk to young kids rolling around the rink. So, um, yeah, those are probably two of the guys I looked up to growing up. What is your favorite, and this could be at any level from junior uh, through pros, your favorite road arena to play in and your favorite road city to visit? I would probably have to say uh, Boise. Boise has a really cool uh, city there and the rinks attached to the hotel. So it was super nice to be able to just wake up and, you know, have breakfast, head right down to the rink. And then they have a really cool downtown strip there where you can go get a lot of good food and hang out with the guys. Who's the best player you've played with in your hockey career? Oh, man, I've uh, I've played with quite a few good hockey players. Um, you know, Matt Dumba is one of the you know, best defensemen I've played with uh, watching him and Derek Pouliot. Um, while I was playing in Portland was really cool. You know, uh, Seth Jones, um, you know, and then we had you know, on the front, we had Nick Patan and uh, Taylor Lear and Brennan Leipzig, a lot of these young, talented forwards, uh, like all, all of your Bjorkstrand who play, plays for Columbus now. So I played with a ton of really good guys in junior. I, I mean, I just was able to soak up and learn a lot from them. You're making me feel old because I watched all of Bjorkstrand's dad play for the Indianapolis Checkers <laughs> a long, long time ago. So, uh, but you mentioned those guys, the Western Hockey League, a tremendous league. How did those five years in junior hockey help prepare you to be a professional? Um, I think it helped a lot. I mean, moving away at, you know, 15 to 16 years old isn't easy for any kid. Um, and they did an awesome job at, you know, helping develop, uh, young players and make them feel comfortable and make them feel, like, you know, Portland can be a, a place away from home that they can, you know, excel in. And, uh, you know, they took really good care of us and they were so focused on attention to detail at such a young age and, you know, trying to treat us like pros, even though we, you know, we're just starting our junior careers. And I think that helped a lot moving into pro hockey. What are your goals uh, for the rest of the year here in Indy? Um, obviously, I hope that we can, you know, get to the playoffs and make a really good run with the guys and, um, you know, personally, I would like to try to get called up to a team this year and make a good impact at the next level and get an opportunity up there. And that's Keone Texera joining us last week prior to the Fuels game against Fort Wayne. And, of course, on the Under the Hood podcast where we bring you a lot of the in-game interviews that we have for the Fuel. They're on the road this weekend as we record this December 10th in Cincinnati. A rare Saturday off of the 11th, and then they'll head up to Kalamazoo for a Sunday matinee on December 12th. And then the next two home games, Friday, December 17th, the Cincinnati Cyclones visit. It's wintertainment. It's an all-you-can-eat night, and the first 1,500 fans receive a nitro snow globe as well. And then Saturday, always one of the great nights of the year, teddy bear toss as the Kalamazoo Wings visit the Indiana Farmers Coliseum on December 18th. The puck drops at 7.05 p.m. both nights, and of course, you can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets as well as get ticket information at IndyFuelHockey.com and tickets also available at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. Lots of holiday hockey coming up 
both before and after the Christmas holiday as the Fuel will have a, a couple of home games on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 28th and 29th, as the Norfolk Admirals make their first ever visits to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. We'll see old friend Ryan McGinnis, who's now an assistant coach with the Admirals, as well as a, a number of former Fuel players. And then on New Year's Eve, it is Winterfest in Toledo. The Fuel playing an outdoor game in Toledo at Fifth Third Field, the home of the Toledo Mud Hens. And then Sunday, January 2nd, we'll ring in 2022 against the Iowa Heartlanders with the first Sunday matinee of the year. So lots of opportunities coming up to see the Indy Fuel. We are glad that you are making the fuel a part of your holiday. Get your tickets again at Ticketmaster Outlets, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office, and get all the ticket info you need at IndyFuelHockey.com. We hope you continue to enjoy your holiday season. Until next time, I am Andrew Smith, the voice of the fuel. Thanks for joining us on Under the Hood. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.